Welcome to another episode of 2A2B or not 2A2B. <laughs> lungs continued. Yeah, lungs continued. We are, well, lung infections continued, in fact. Oh, yeah. We are going to talk about, I wonder whether we can get all of this done. In yeah, one, I think so. I think so, so. Infections in the immunocompromised and TB, your favourite, Izzy's favourite infection. <laughs> so, that, so I find TB in this book and this book Not quite, quite confusing. Yeah. Okay. Do you also? Yeah, I have only seen Mandel's but So I feel like it. we just need to rattle through it yeah. and not worry too much about no. it. And we'll like... See I feel like there. when we get shown things, it'll be the classical. Exactly. Yeah. Or I feel like questions will have a pattern to them. Hopefully. Uh, so we don't need to worry too much about this, but let's just run over it quickly. Yeah. Tell me about TB. Oh, God. <laughs> Shall I ask you some more specific yes, questions? Okay. Uh, TB. Uh, big problem, little problem? Big problem. Mm. It's fair. Oh, <laughs> common, you mean? Or no, I was going to say sort of like was used to be a huge problem. Oh, yeah, then now. Because of public health yeah. and anti-TB treatment. It's like not so big here, but still a big problem in developing countries um, and like uh, immunocompromised people. Yeah. Uh, initial exposure to TB can lead to two clinical outcomes. 90% of one thing. Are you talking about like primary and... No, this is within yeah, primary. primary is one. Okay. And what's the other? Secondary? No. So you can have primary... This is 10% of people yeah, primary, primary TB, TB when the host cannot contain the organism. And that's more commonly seen in children. Yeah. And immunocompromised. Yes. Yeah. Well, you get a little more sedentary, contained. contained. 90%. Yeah. And in that, you get calcified granulomas and or calcified hyaluronic lymph nodes. Yeah. And that's patients with normal immunity. Um, and the TB bacilli are sequestered with a caseating granulomatous response. Yeah. Tell me about primary TB. So 10% of people when they're first exposed to TB. So are you asking me where sort of imaging things about it? Yeah. I think primary TB, this is, is this not the one that um, you're going to see like a, pa- like a weird opacification? It tends to be in the lower zone of the upper lobes and that higher zone of the lower lobes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think this is more like quite dense opacification rather than like a granuloma or things like that. Yeah, I love that. Um, you can get lymphadenopathy, but not always. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. There are some names, some eponymous names. Oh, is this the gone focus? Yeah. So that's like a thing which then contains the gonco. No, I'm getting confused. <laughs> gone focus is like the. Gone focus is what you described to me. Okay. A patch of yeah. Something. And then there's like a. The thing beneath, what does that encompass? So there's a ranky complex. And that's with lymphadenopathy. Yes, yeah. mate. So primary TB represents infection from the first exposure to TB. As we said, that's commonly in children and immunocompromised patients when they're first exposed to TB. Mm-hmm. can involve the pulmonary, parenchyma, the airways and the pleura. Yeah. And it does often cause adenopathy. 15% of patients have no radiographic changes terrifying the four imaging manifestations of primary tb of which any none or all may be present number one ill-defined consolidation as you told me number two pleurodiffusion 
Number three, lymphadenopathy. And four, and what? Miliary disease. Yeah. Can occur in any lobe. Excuse me. But most typical locations, the lower lobes. Uh, sorry about that brief interlude. So, uh, where we were talking about primary TB can occur in any lobe, yeah. but most typical locations are oh, the lower lobes and the right middle lobe. It's not what I was expecting. Yes, you see, hold on, I'm getting confused yeah. because I read about something else. That, what am I getting confused? That was. I wonder if you're getting confused with the post-primary TB. Where is it that it said the lower zone of the upper lobes and yeah. the upper zone of the lower lobes? Yeah, because I did just read that also somewhere. So then... And said, oh, look, aren't you right? Doesn't matter. Let's move on for now. We'll come, we'll come back to it. So anyway, here it says, may occur in any lobe, but the most typical locations of lower lobes or right middle lobe. Okay. It can be difficult to distinguish between primary and post-primary TB. Okay. And in clinical practice... Uh, you just we don't care. You just say TB. Yeah. Classic imaging findings are not always seen, but include the golden focus, which is your initial <sighs> focus of the infection, usually, usually located in the upper part of the lower lobe or the lower part of the upper lobe. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> we literally just read that also. Do we? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, and then the ranker complex, which yeah. is the golden focus and lymphadenopathy. Tell me about cavitation in primary TB. Rare? Rare. Rare, thank you. Whereas in reactivation TB... Common. Okay. So, um, adenopathy, as we said, is common in primary TB. Mm -hmm. You get central low attenuation and peripheral enhancement, so you get, i.e. necrotic. Yeah. Especially in children. Um, And it can be confused, I think, with something. Anyway, carry on. Okay. Can you say that? Yeah. Um, So, then, that's after your primary... Your first, excuse me, your initial exposure to TB. Yeah. So again, to remind you, you can get 10% of people get primary TB mm-hmm. and the other 10%, uh, 90% get contained disease. Yeah. So if you have contained disease, mm-hmm. what can go on to happen? Cavitation. What's it called? Secondary. <laughs> really helpfully not. It's called uh, post-primary oh, yeah. reactivation TB. Okay. Yeah, so that can be reactivation of primary, or you had the contain that gets reactivated as well. Can it be either or? I'm just wondering. Doesn't say. Okay. It says reactivation of latent infection. Okay. So, so they're both I'm latent com- infection. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, so in reactivation, yeah. also post-primary, yeah. It gets you get it in adolescents and adults, and it's caused by reactivation of a dormant infection yeah. acquired earlier in life. Mm-hmm. Clinical manifestations of reactivation include the classics that we're used to: chronic cough, low-grade fever, hemoptysis, night sweats. Mm-hmm. Um, in an immunocompetent, oh, hang on, reactivation of TB most commonly occurs in the upper lobe, apical, and posterior segments. Yeah. So that's your like right. So completely legs. different to your primary. Yeah. Um, which is lower lobe and middle lobe. Thank you so much. Apart from the gone focus, which yeah. is a classical finding, which is a different case. Yeah. Um, in an immunocompetent patient, mm-hmm. the hallmarks of reactivation TB are upper lobe predominant disease with cavitation and lack of adenopathy. Mm-hmm. 
Vocal apollo consolidation and endobronchial spread are common, but not, um, and you can also get tree and bud nodules, which suggest the endobronchial spread, but obviously they're not specific to tea, but you can get tree and bud no. for other things. Um, do you know that the chess group are called tree and buddies on their WhatsApp? I love that. I um, love it. It always makes me really happy when I remember it. Anyway, um, in an immunosuppressed patient. Yeah. You're more likely to get the lymphadenopathy. Exactly. So low attenuation adenopathy is a typical additional finding, similar to the adenopathy seen in primary TB. Mm-hmm. Um, low density lymph nodes may mimic immune reconstitution immune reconstitution syndrome in HIV patients. So well done, we did know that. Um, and a tuberculoma is a well-defined rounded opacity, usually in the upper lobes. Okay. That's all I have to say about post primary. Let me just check. Do you want to bracket. test me a bit on that? Yeah. Mm, primary versus reactivation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Primary, you get irregular consolidation, pleurofusion, lymphadenopathy. And what was the fourth thing? Millery. Sorry. <laughs> you can't be eating my missile game. It's all very what I'm talking. <laughs> Commonly in the lower lobes or middle. Mm-hmm. But classically, you can also get a gone focus, which is in the lower zone of the upper lobes or upper <laughs> zone of the lower lobes, yeah. which, if with lymphadenopathy, is called the Ranky complex. Very nice. Okay. Where versus reactivation, um, which is typically uh, upper or posterior, apical or posterior of the upper lobes. Mm-hmm. Um, Rarely with lymphadenopathy, unless you're immunocompromised. If you're immunocompromised, then you're likely to have lymphadenopathy. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then you can get tuberculosis. Okay. Um, I'm just going to read you a little bit from Crack the Core mm-hmm. just to add some information. Mm-hmm. Um, pri- so here it says in TB, primary, mm-hmm. um, your body attacks and forms a granuloma, which mm-hmm. is your gone focus. You get the nodal expansion. Um, that's the Ranky complex. The bulky nodes can cause compression, leading to atelectasis. Mm-hmm. Um, if the node ruptures, you can end up with either endobronchial spread mm-hmm. or hematogenous spread, depending on where it ruptures, bronchus or vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, the hematogenous spread will give you millery pattern. Yeah. And cavitation in the primary setting. And the endobronchial gives you a tree and bud, correct? Yes. Very nice. Sorry. Um, effusions can be seen, as you said. Uh, And then post-primary, oh no, hang on, there's an extra one in the crack of the core called primary progressive, so I'm just going to add it in here. Um, This term refers to local progression of parenchymal disease with development of cavitation at the initial site of infection Mm. hematogenous spread. This is uncommon, the main risk factor being HIV. Um, other risk factors are all things that make you immunosuppressed. So transplant patients and people on steroids. The one you might not think about is jejunoileal bypass, subtotal gastrectomy and silicosis are reasons that you might, you might get, get TB. Progressive, uh, primary progressive TB. Why? Don't know. Um, and this has a similar course to the post-primary reactivation TB. So we can sort of think about them it's the same, but mm. like you can have the primary, it can just get worse straight away rather than okay. a latent period. Um, and then, I'm really sorry, but you're not really confused about the jeju, jejunostomy and gastrostomy. No, because there's something else, and I don't, didn't want to bring it up mm-hmm. because um, 
we've talked about it at some point mm-hmm. and I can't remember when yeah but there was something else that like having a gastric bypass made you more at risk for something okay so in my mind they're like slightly immunocompromised they're not getting enough nutrition oh okay <laughs> that's how I'm thinking mm. about it okay um So latent doesn't talk about that at all here, but this is oh some he talks about this all the time. This is positive PPD. What's that? I think that's like a test. Yeah, must be an American thing. Oh, this is an American thing. I'm going to ignore it completely yeah. then. Um, and then here it says about post-primary or reactivation TB. This happens about five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Describes an endogenous reactivation of a latent infection. As we've said, classical location is apical and posterior upper lobes, um, and you can, but you can get it in the superior bits of the lower lobes, um, and that's because those bits have more oxygen, less lymphatics. It's like a skin test for TB. Fine. Yeah. Um, in primary infection, you tend to have healing. In post-primary infection, you tend to have progression. So the development of cavity is the thing you want to look for to call this progression. Yeah. And then there's something called a Rasmussen aneurysm. Have you heard that? That rings a bell, yeah. So arteries near the cavity can get pseudoaneurysms, and those are called Rasmussen aneurysms. Haven't seen one though. No, I've never, I've never heard or seen of that. And then this immune reconstitution inflammatory syndrome. Yeah, but if you remember, that's your lymph nodes. It can mimic. That. Yeah, um, that's a patient that's got TB and like AIDS, HIV, and started on highly active antiretroviral, so hot like hot. Yeah, HIV therapies, and they're doing much worse. Um, so they could have TB as well. As well. They've got that new lymphadenitis when since starting the um, treatment, and they get treated with steroids for that. And then your TV is just going to get worse and worse. One would assume so. And what is it? Immune reconstitution? Immune reconstitution inflammatory syndrome. Yeah. Uh, Then, just some other little additions Mm -hmm. uh, from Mandel. So healed TB. That's when you get your apical scarring. Yeah. Usually with a bit of volume loss Loss. in the lobe. Yeah. um, And you can get some superior hilar retraction. So your hilar get pulled up. Yeah, but that's the same as like apical capping volume loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to find you a picture of resmucin aneurysms, but I'm struggling. It's not particularly satisfying. No. Anyway. And you can get the calcified granulomas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, millery TB. Mm-hmm. There are little nodules everywhere, and that can occur in primary or reactivation. So in primary or post-primary. Okay. Okay. That's all I have to tell you about TB. Oh no, that's not all I have to tell you about TB. Please excuse me. Um, plural involvement with TB. I've got a better one. Sorry. Plural involvement with TB. Yes. Mm-hmm. Badness. Mm-hmm. Surely it's just going to be a nodular When do you say it happens? Immunocompromised. Plural involved. Tell me about the different types of TB. Primary, primary progressive reactivation. So reactivation. No, you told me, you've repeated this back to me when you were being quizzed about your like classic features. Of one yeah. Of one of them had plural stuff. No, one was apical posterior of the upper lobes. Mm-hmm. 
Are we saying that the Ranky thing, mm. gone for, because that's not in the plural. There were some other, there were like four. Plural effusion. Yeah. yeah. What was that? That was in primary. In primary, exactly. So plural involvement can occur any time in the initial infection. Mm-hmm. In primary TB, the development of a plural effusion can be seen around three to six months after the infection. And it's a hypersensitivity response. This plural fluid is usually culture negative. You have to actually biopsy the pleura to increase your diagnostic yield. Um, You don't see pleural infusions as much with the post-primary reactive disease, but when you do, that fluid is usually culture positive. Happy? Mm -hmm. And now just from Crack the Core, some high field field factoids. (laughs) High yield factoids regarding TB. Primary, no cavity. Post-primary slash primary progressive. Cavity. Thank you. Um, gone lesion. It's in... Do you want to say again where it is? No, I don't want you to say where yeah. it is. It's a calcified TB granuloma. And you see it in which one? Primary. Thank you. Ranky. Gone. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. Ranky complex. That plus adenopathy. Yeah. Um, and that is healed primary TB, apparently. Oh, okay. That's what it says there. Um, if you get particularly, so which group of people get particularly bulky hyla and paratracheal adenopathy? HIV. No. Oh. Um. What's the other group of people we said get primary more commonly rather than a contained disease? Children? Yeah, kids. Um, location for reactivation TB you've told me about. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you get millery spread? You can get it in both. Mm-hmm. Usually. It says usually in the setting of reactivation, but can be in primary progressive. Uh. Um, I actually thought they were asking that thing about if it splits into a thing and you either get um, endobronchial, tree and bud, or you get hematogenous. What's but I feel that sometimes hematogenous hemat- spread looks like millary TB, but it's not that's always. Yeah. yeah, but it's not the same as bronchial. Bronchial, that's true and bad. Yeah, no, uh, I thought they were. Do you know? I just told you that they were. There was something about if it's somewhere it, and it splits, it can either go into the bronchus or the hematogenous. Do you remember me saying that? <laughs> Are you paying attention? Nope. Um, right page. Please excuse me. No, no, it'll be in the millery bit, will it? No. Oh, there. Where? It says something about endobronchial. Yeah. Well, whatever. We'll listen back and we'll know yeah. the answer when we come back to listen to it, won't we? <laughs> running out of puddle mm-hmm. we've got so much to do oh, no 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 not at all okay. you just find that with okay. tb i think it all it'll make sense merges into one of it yeah mm. let me get through these yeah high yield factoids yeah. uh, so millary spread hematogenous dissemination reactive tb pattern is um you get the cavitation and in hiv patients you see that when their cd4 count is high mm-hmm. 
because you need an immune response to make a cavity. Oh, that's interesting. So greater than 200 CD4. Oh, that's really weird. Um, primary progressive pattern, so the adenopathy, the consolidation, miliary spread yeah. in HIV is when the CD4 count is less than 200 because they're not making that cavity. Okay. Um, and then TB does not usually cause like a low bar pattern in HIV. So that low bar consolidation you can see in immunocompetent patients, but in HIV really. it tends to go like wild. Miliary type stuff, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, what time are we on? Um, so actually the first bit we did, we can add on to that. So that doesn't, mm-hmm. so we're on 16. Okay, so shall we do a little bit of non-TB mycobacterias? Yeah. yeah. So in the same category. Yeah. Um, so there are two worth knowing about. One, do you know either of them? Mycobacterium avium and yeah. then M. canzansi. Yeah. Oh, I'm so impressed. Um, so he, I find Mandel a bit confusing for this. I just it. know that the Mycobacterium avium, that's the Lady Windermere presentation. That's one of them. One of them, yeah. One of the ways it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which is quite a funny way of putting it. Okay, so in um, practical, he says he groups non-tuberculous mycobacteria into four ways of understanding and remembering. Okay. There's classic. Yeah. Non-classic. So classic is also called cavitry. But are these all mycobacterium? Sorry, can I just... These are non-tuberculosis mycobacteria. Okay. Um, And he doesn't actually specify which is which, whether it's um, avium intracellulare complex or whether it's cansassi. Yeah. So bear with me. It's probably both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the classic cavitry version... Is classic. ...is usually caused by the avium intracellulare. Okay. Um... And you know who gets this? Is this my lady? No. no. Uh, the classic cavitating. It's going to be immunocompromised, isn't it? Mm, it's an old white man with COPD or other oh. chronic lung disease. Um, it looks like reactivation TB. Oh, okay. So you have an upper lobe cavitary lesion with adjacent nodules, which suggests endobronchial spread. I had this in an old lady, and I called it. Uh, I called it a cancer, and then one of the consultants was like. <laughs> In the morning was like, no, no, <laughs> this is TB, all this is. And no, said no. avian mycobacteria, yeah. avian intercellulare, cavity, tree and bud. Interesting. Mm. Um, so that's the cavitry or classic kind of way of thinking about non-tuberculosis mycobacteria. Yeah. The next is bronchiectatic, also called non-classic. Okay. What would you like? Who would you like to? Lady Wendermere. Why? Uh, older ladies that have had like a chronic cough and weight loss. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they often, um, so it's not the reason it's called Lady Windermere mm-hmm. is because they often don't have a cough. Uh, it's not ladylike to cough. Uh, yeah. um, they often don't cough. They can be asymptomatic. This is an old white lady. You see tree and bud opacities and cylindrical bronchiectasis okay. in the right middle lobe and lingular. Oh, okay. So it's so middle. The middle. Who okay. knows? And, and not that's, cavitating. Um, classically, um, avium intracellulare complex as well. Yeah. Uh, right And then, then the other two. The other two. So one is HIV patients. And you see this with really low CD4s. So it's going to be badness. It's going to be very like diffuse and marked. 
yeah so it's um you get this actually because it's gi infection that's got into the blood okay so you get a big spleen and a big liver and other pulmonary infections are often common because of their cd4 count being yeah. so low so it can, so be, it can be with pcp with um the lungs can look like anything and um the most common manifestation of this is mediastinal lymphadenopathy okay it's just a weird that's quite vague though so you can get yeah. mediastinal lymphadenopathy and also if you've exactly. got another infection you're going to get reactive lymphadenopathy anyway yeah well quite yeah yeah and then hot tub lung what's that from um well non micro non tuberculosis mycobacteria avium i think you should uh yes so this is but it's a type of response so it's a hypersensitivity pneumonitis in response to atypical mycobacteria often found in hot tubs yeah gross hypersensitivity um, pneumonitis. Um, but yeah. it can also be a natural seawater and fresh water oh. and you get these aerosolized bugs yeah um and then the, what do you know what the lungs look like in this hypersensitivity yeah so it's like any other hypersensitivity pneumonitis do you know what that like is millery like millery type no mm. so you get that like more central oh peri and that like mosaic pattern okay yeah that's all i want to tell you about atypical oh look there's a little react um a little rapid review table on page 52 of crack the pool but you can just look at that i'm okay. going to read out the same information again oh okay um what time are we on? 21. Ooh, endemic fungi yeah. in Mandel. Little bit of fungi. <laughs> endemic fungi, that means that like, they're always there. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, so this is endemic fungi that can cause community-acquired pneumonias in normal individuals. Uh-huh. Um, and they have a geographic distribution, so I guess they'd have oh, to be where they but live. But I think Mandel's is very American, yeah. so it starts telling us all about all the American ones. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, okay, I know what we're talking about. I'll read them yeah. in case they yeah. come from the exam, but I'm not going to spend too long on them. Histoplasma capsulatum in Ohio and Mississippi river valleys <laughs> in soil contaminated with bat or bird guano. Just poo, isn't it? Fine. <laughs> um, you get calcified granulomas. Uh, you can get pulmonary nodules called a histoplasmoma that could look like a cancer. Um, chronic infection can mimic a reactivation TB with upper lobe fibrocavitary consolidation. Fibrosing mediastinitis is a rare complication, um, leading to pulmonary venous obstruction, bronchial stenosis, and pulmonary artery stenosis. Move on. <laughs> the next one is oh god, oh god, why am I the one reading these? <laughs> Cockido, Cockido, oh, this one's hard. Cockidioides, imitis, and Blastomyces dermatitidis. To repeat, <laughs> Cockido, oh, Coxie, 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 Coxidiades, Thank you, thank you. Coxidiades, imitis, and Blastomyces dermatitidis, titidis, titidis. Um, the first one, <laughs> coccidiodes, is found in southwestern US and has a variety of appearances. I know, but I remember I was reading this and I was like, yeah, US. Like... So if they say southwestern US, southwestern is. And then Blastomyces dermatitidis is found in central and southeastern US. Which again is so general. And can be 
flu-like and you can get consolidation. So that's what I want to tell you about these stupid ones. Um, and then we've got more. Oh, can we do it? We've got quite a lot left. Really? I think this is probably next. Another. As per, yeah. do you think? Okay. Yeah. Kind of regards. Kind of regards.